Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social and economic renewal in our immediate communities and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. Leaders' personal growth as a vehicle, as a strategy for multiplication. Okay? And this is the question that I keep asking people. Are you running a business or a hustle? That's the question. Are you running a business or a hustle? Just think about it. Maybe since we are in business garage, let me take answers. How many of you are running a business? Business garage people. How many of you are running a hustle? Okay, great. So we have people who are running hustles and people who are running businesses. We've read this scripture about Isaac sowing in the land during a famine, okay, and reaping a hundredfold, and he began to prosper. The, 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 the idea of talking about Isaac is not because Isaac, one man, was but Isaac was a sister. He had people with him. You understand, eh? But it's talking about Isaac because Isaac was the leader of the people who were able to sow and reap a hundredfold. That is going to be the basis of trying to understand whether you're running a business or a hustle. So this guy is open for business. Would you say that's a business or a hustle? Let me get some answers. Business or hustle? Hustle? How many say hustle? How many say business? Okay. Business or hustle? I'm hearing more emphatic answers for business. Yet the previous one was... In 1976, that's what the HQ for Apple looked like. Whoops. Are we back on? Uh, yeah. This is a, 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 this is a visual part. I can't talk through it. Yeah, so that's what the Apple HQ looks like currently. Facebook HQ 2004. Business hustle. HQ 2019. Google HQ 1998. Oh, God. Google HQ. 2019 Google HQ. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, let me let me give you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'll just tell you a brief story of how we got to this. So Mose and a couple of people visited us. I was working on a borrowed table in a Kamwesi hostel in a small cubicle of uh, maybe five by five meters, okay? On a borrowed table by a great friend of mine called David Sempala. If David Sempala, you know, you normally watch online, so thank you very much. It was actually not even a table. It was a um, cocktail table. These ones that go down and up, okay? And I remember listening to a message by Miles Monroe and he was talking about people saying, people have albums in their houses. When you go to visit, they give you an album. 
And then you start scrolling the album. And what you're looking at are memories, pictures of the past. And he asked a very fundamental question. Do you see pictures of the future? Do you see pictures of the future? So I went on to Google and I downloaded a picture and uh, I ably branded it and I began to see the picture of the future. Right there, you know, five by five. And those of you who have been to our office, you know we're not very far from this, right? <laughs> we're making steady progress towards this. So what I'm here to really encourage you as a business leader is to begin to see pictures of the future. To begin to envision your business. It might be a hustle now, but begin to see it as a business. It is not going to become a business for you to feel. You know, we learned that until you're overqualified for this level, you're not qualified for the next. So you need to get bigger than... Many people come to me and say, now, if I brand myself and I become bigger than the business, what do you want? Do you want the business to always be smaller than you? Or to be bigger than you? Who is playing catch-up? The business should always be playing catch-up to you. You are the leader. You are the head. You are the head. If you want your business to go ahead of you, you're, you're moving in reverse. Okay? You are the head. So, beginning to think for your business. John Maxwell says, everything rises and falls on leadership. I don't think that it's like how you drop something. No. When the leadership is rising, okay, what this statement says is, when the leadership is rising, what the leadership is leading is rising. When the leadership is falling, what the leadership is leading is falling. That is why I keep, I'm now an advocate to say, guys, the future of branding is personal. You cannot have a big brand run by a small man. You cannot have that. You need to get big on the inside. And we learned that. Get big on the inside and bring it on the outside. Let people see what's on the inside of you. The future of branding is personal. How do you view your brand? Because the mirror with which you see yourself is the mirror with which you see your business. If it's like a hassle, it will always be like a hassle. You're running a hassle because you're a hustler. <laughs> Here goes another interesting example. Like I keep telling people, some of the like to a man with a hammer, everything looks like a nail. So when I watched this movie so many years ago, I revisited it on YouTube, and this statement stood out for me. Bruce Lee, in their time, used to, uh, you know, it was when they fought, the combat was close combat. Eh? Yeah. It was not the case of sending projectiles and dropping bombs and sending drones. And as we have seen that currently, because... We can send drones. We obviously get news of it was a wedding which was bombed because the intelligence wasn't right enough and lives have been lost that way. But in the days of Bruce Lee, it was close combat. So now Bruce Lee comes, this guy is coming to fight him and the guy pulls a weapon and he tells him, the weapon is the extension of the fighter. If I can beat you, <laughs> I don't care what weapon you're coming. <laughs> you understand? So you pick up a weapon to scare the guy, but he knows you're a weak fighter. 
So every business is the extension of the leader. Hallelujah. Thank you for those hand claps. The weapon is the extension of the fighter. How are you wielding that weapon? How are you training yourself as a fighter to wield that weapon with so much power and create the damage you ought to create? I listened to this uh, on Thursday. I was in Kigali, in the city of Hassan. Yes. And I woke up in the morning, and as I was going through this devotion, I listened to an audio, and Jim Rohn said something very profound. He said, yes. He said, you can, be more than, you can get more than you've got because you can become more than you are. Mose paraphrased it and said, your reality, your current reality is just a result of your current revelation. That is how he said. The moment you become more than you are, then you get more than you already have. Amen? You can do more, you can be more. If you can change, so what is a business? Having known now, having played down the hustle and said we're running hustles because we are hustlers, what is truly a business? And I've come to learn that the business is nothing but an idea. People can die. The founders can die. But if that idea has been sown in the minds of other people, that idea will live on. We still talk about Apple, but Steve Jobs has been long gone. Okay, You can move office, but the business will continue. Because it's an idea. An idea cannot be killed. That is a business. A business is an idea. The chairs you're seated on were in someone's mind. The breakfast you ate. Those of you who had breakfast before you came. The clothes you're wearing. Thanks, Luazi. Luazi put a shirt on my back and a shoe on my foot. I'm going to come up with a song for that. <laughs> yeah? So what are you thinking? What are you thinking? If everything else you are consuming and you are using and you are enjoying is someone else's thought, what are your thoughts? You are here comfortably living because someone has dared to turn their thought into a business to add value to you. So what are you thinking? What are you thinking? What are your thoughts? When you stop, I don't know. I don't, when that thought hit me, I kept thinking, you know, is this there is to life? Like, you know, you guys haven't been to America, eh? I haven't. <laughs> but I need to go and see what's happening. Like, when you watch videos of these guys who are, I mean, I watched, I watched a thing by, by Elon Musk, and people are saying that he could possibly be the greatest guy of our generation. I mean, like, how does that guy think? You know, I, I was tempted to become like that person who went and said, oh, great are the breasts on which you suckled. You know, like, the person becomes so big and now you begin to think about the, the common things that they interact with because you don't want to touch the other person. They are super normal. Eh? Oh, bless, blessed be the, the womb that gave birth to you because for you, eh, we have, we are, you, are to, you are ahead. Now like, 
like, what does Elon Musk's babysitter think? Because now that's... Because now for you, you've left the other guy. You understand? So it's, it's like, so what are you thinking? What is running through your mind? Let me show you this whole thing that I'm talking about and piece it together to make the case that the future of branding is personal. So the thing that we call branding actually was, the acti was just branding. It was you burn a piece of metal and brand a horse or a cow, okay? So in the Industrial Revolution, or the first Industrial Revolution as we call it, which was the Agricultural Revolution, people were running hustles where they had two, three, four cows. We still see some of those here. You have two cows, you're running your hustle, you have your milk for you and your family and what? So it was subsistence, and then people in the agriculture industry revolution realized, you know you can make this bigger and feed more people? Now, as the herds of cattle grew, many people were also doing it, so we didn't want our cows to intermix and we have quarrels about it. So they decided to brand their cows. So people had numbers, they had names, they had whatever, so they would burn, uh, and even during slave trade, they would do that for some of the slaves. They would brand the slave. With, with a name or a number or something like that. Because it's indelible, it's like a tattoo. Okay, it is indeed a tattoo. So this is where branding came from, because this is what the original meaning of brand is, to burn into. So that was what happened in the first industrial revolution. And then we uh, invented electricity in the industrial revolution, and people were producing en masse. And then they took that, that concept of branding and put it on products. And this is what Mose was talking about. So if you want your products to go out there, like right now, if you go and say, give me water, they'll say which one? <laughs> it's water. They won't be going. <laughs> you know? Give me water, which one? Renzori, Azua, what? Desani, you know? So that is where the branding goes into the industrial revolution. Then we go into the third industrial revolution, which is the information age, the one we are currently in. People start patenting ideas because someone had an idea, they knew from the point of conception, I don't even have to have a product. From the point of conceiving that idea, I need to safeguard it. So we saw patents, we saw trademarks, we saw all these things that you've been seeing, you know, people getting royalties off of ideas only. That is in the information age. That is what has been current. I mean, I, I went to do a bit of research and I realized that in the last 30 years, there have been 500 times more patents registered than there were before, you know, the previous years before the, 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 this age, the information age. 500, as in someone just sits down, thinks of an idea, goes and patents it. Thinks of an idea, goes. I didn't know that the guy who holds the Rolex patent is actually an American. A tourist came, so Rolex went and registered and he owns the patent for Rolex. He's waiting. Yes, yes, he's waiting. He's waiting for when you go global. Yeah. Information age. So, the fourth industrial revolution has seen things like artificial intelligence, internet of things, blockchain. So now, a man like me, I couldn't find a better picture. Or I you guys didn't send me your pictures, so I used my own picture. So now I am up against Sophia. I'm up against Alexa. Because the stuff I'm telling you, I have researched, I have read, but you can say, Alexa, 
when was the first patent registered? And Alexa will go through all those files that I went through with a click. For her, she'll go through as you're making your cup of coffee and she'll come back to you with an answer. So Alexa can preach this sermon to you. Siri can preach this sermon to you. Before it was an, an object that looked like a speaker, but now she's got a face. She's got a personality. She's got a name. That's what we are up against as leaders. So what have we left as leaders? All we have is creativity. All we have left is creativity because the internet is catching up with us, the technology is catching up. All we have is creativity. Why? Because it will always lag behind. That's something that God has left for himself. As the creator, all we can do is recreate. He is the source. All we discover are resources. God is the source. Everything else is a resource. So he put that creative ability in us that even the things we have created can only reproduce what we have created, but they cannot produce or create ahead of us. So the only thing that we have as business leaders is the ability to be creative. So the future of branding is personal. You need to stand out. You, seated in that chair, need to stand out and put your brand out. Because if you sit back, someone else is going to replace you because we know what you can do. You're predictable. We can replace you with a piece of equipment and we don't need you. If any two things are alike, one is not relevant. My former headmaster used to say, two stars can't shine in one place. <laughs> two stars can't shine in one place. Okay? So the future of branding is indeed in turn. So let me just share with you this concept I learned from a very interesting Chinese-Canadian man called Dan, the, lock, the man lock, Dan Lock. So he talks about this whole thing about branding, and he talks about the pyramid. And when I was facilitating the session at Transform, we drew it as a hill. Most of you know that there's more space in the valleys of Kampala than there are in the hills. Eh? So when someone says, I live in Mutungo Hill, uh, Kololo Hill, Nakasero Hill. You, you, know what they, well, you know what they are? You know what they have? You know how they live? Yeah? So which valleys are you guys coming from? <laughs> Where the flooding happens, eh? So, so where, <laughs> where the flooding happens? So when you are in the hustle, you're really in the valley. All you're doing is selling. You're selling. Can I sell to you mangoes? Can I sell to you oranges? What do you do? I sell everything. <laughs> the options are wide. Just like you see, the base of that pyramid is wide. There is a lot of room for you to ping pong about. Okay? Change the product a bit. Add sugar, remove sugar, do what? <laughs> add water, you know. So you're selling. Then people come to you and say, what do you sell? Shirts. Do you have one of 3,000? Then you quickly say, I can find you one of 3,000. Because you're selling, you're looking after, you're, look, you're looking to make a sale. Okay? You're looking to make a sale. Now, when you become more 
deliberate, when you begin to put structures into your business, you're not afraid to say, our products are for only men. So you're not appealing to women. It's not everybody comes and everyone gets, okay? So now you are marketing. So when you enter a room full of men, you can make the decision to walk out because they are not your market. They are not your market. So you can walk away, okay? But the pinnacle of all this is branding. Branding is the pinnacle of all this. The guys in branding don't sell. They don't market. They inform. <laughs> they inform. We are going to release the iPhone X on such and such a date. It will come in black, in gold, and in silver. Thank you very much. If you want it in blue, buy housing. <laughs> and it will be retailing at $1,990 pre-ordering price. Okay? So what is happening to your brand? When people find you, are you in the hustle? Are you selling? Are you trying to convince everybody what you are about? <laughs> Have you kind of figured out which people you want to talk to and are now marketing to them deliberately? But ultimately, where we want to go is we want to go to the top of branding. You know, I should have started with two stories. One of the stories was told by Mose of how he went to Burundi and uh, a friend of ours and friend of his cloud introduces him to a rich man and says, oh, this is my friend Mose. He has written a book about money. And the guy asks Mose, so how much do you have? <laughs> Let's pack that question there as you think about it. My own father tells a story of how he had graduated as a grade three teacher from Shimoni Training College, and he was teaching in uh, a school in Kabale, and he showed his students that he was teaching pictures of Makere University, and said, you need to study hard and go to Makere University. And as he turned his back on the blackboard, one child asked, Okazayo. <laughs> Meaning, did you go there? He had not been. But he was here inspiring kids to go there. So as I turn my back, please ask me, have you branded? So, 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 so this is Okazayo. So this is all this to say that, okay, my dad's story ends this way. He just turned back and said, okay, you study and I'll study and we'll meet there. And he registered for a course and the rest is history. He even got to lecture there for some time. So it's, it's questions like that. Like as I look at you and as I speak to you and, I, and as I say these things, I'm challenging you, but I'm as well challenging myself, right? Yeah? <laughs> I'm going there, right? <laughs> okay? So, in the words of Zig Ziglar, see you at the top. Okay? Let's meet at the top. So, friends, I don't know if I have made the case that whether you're running a business, whether you still call it a hustle and you have not yet graduated it to become a business, the future of branding is personal. The stocks of the leader cannot be falling while the stocks of the business are gaining. If your stocks are losing, whatever you're putting your hands to will be going down. When you hear people who are said to have a Midas touch, it's not because they indeed have 
the Midas touch, it's because they continue to increase their value as individuals. So when they get into every space, they're able to influence it and turn it around. You can have the Midas touch. You can invest and can be part of so many ventures. Let's go to this guy. This guy here is a brand. And he does not appeal to everybody. He informs people on Twitter what his decision is, his idea, and 62.9 million people are listening. Well, they have a, a Twitter handle that is dedicated for the president, which is at Potas, that only has 26 million people following. Well, it since fell ever since Barack Obama handed it over, so it's like people are not interested, they are disengaged, some have. But they have, it's like they have migrated wow. to the real Donald Trump. He does, he does not even use the present. So you can see that people listen to the guy and not to the office. Right? The man we love. If you don't love this guy, by then you have problems. The guy we love. Everybody knows he doesn't run his accounts. Everybody knows it's someone else running it. But the one that is currently run by State House, where there's someone possibly being remunerated to keep it going, only has 114,000 followers. But this one has quickly shot, and this is a very recent thing, has quickly shot 1.1 million followers. And we know that on Twitter, specifically on Twitter, there are about not more than 2 million Ugandans on Twitter. The majority are on Facebook. Amos Wekesa, the man who has become almost the face of tourism in Uganda. He has got a business, Great Lake Safaris, that only 8,000 people would like to go and listen to what the business is saying, but 44,000 people engage with Amos. I mean, did you know that Michael Dell has 3 million followers more than the Dell Corporation? The man we love, he speaks with momentum. <laughs> okay? For our Kenyan friends, this guy is uh, he's not like the Jeff Koinange of Uganda, but they are close. Yeah. Jeff speaks with swag. This one speaks with something else. But <laughs> with speed and intensity and velocity. So this guy, this guy runs um, um, a, a publication, a magazine, that has 143 people who occasionally go to see what it's saying, but they about double the number want to engage with him personally, whether they love what he's saying or they don't like it. This is a case of you, can, you have to be deliberate to be bigger than what you lead. Forget the false humility. You need to be bigger than what you lead. You need to be, it needs to come up to you, okay? So if you're not deliberately branding yourself, others are, they are giving you a name. Oh, that girl, the one who makes her hair like this. No, no, no. The other guy, who, the one who looks like this. No, no, no. But you need to be deliberate on what you project. That is like the number one rule of branding. John Maxwell calls it the law of intentionality. You have to be intentional. 
Okay? Friends, you cannot give what you don't have. You cannot give into a poor into a business growth if it's not happening to you as a leader. It can never happen. It only happens in politics. <laughs> where people are put into position. And Ian Clark said it yesterday, clearly. Someone has nothing to offer and they feel like when they get into the position is when the things that they can offer will come. The Bible says, what to the land where the king where the slave becomes a king. Because the slave mentality can never rule, can never lead, can never go anywhere. They are first getting satisfied before they do anything. There must be a bit of royalty. So this morning, I would like to challenge you, friends. What are you thinking? Are you thinking multiplication? Are you thinking increase? Are you working on you as the leader? Are you working on your brand to impact the brands that you're working with? Amen? Amen? Great. So, as I turn my back in conclusion, please ask me some questions. And I'll be asking the same of you. Are you moving towards being a big brand? Thank you. God bless you. And see you at the top. I mean, yeah. Hassan has a few bruises and swellings on him because of all the punching, slapping, and that have been, that has been, yeah, that's what happens when you sit next to me and the message is impacting me. I need someone to slap, someone to beat. Like, I'm like, I mean, was that worth it? Was that worth your early morning waking up? I'm going to figure out how to do the summarizing, but I think um, let's take two questions or comments. Let's take two questions or comments. Uh, and I think, Tamara, man. I'm glad to, you know, have your number. All right. Uh, uh, John Maxwell wrote a book, Good Leaders Ask Great Questions. There's a whole book on questions. You're, for you to go from where you are to where you're going, you need to become great at asking Great questions. So, who has a question? Thank you, Kamara. Mine is simple. Um, yes. Good morning. Oh, okay. <laughs> Mine is simple. I think as a branding guy that you've just elucidated on the fact that making your brand personal needs to be larger than what you lead. How can you help people? Are there professionals that help people build their personal brands. For example, I have this idea, started working on it, then I come to you, and you help me, <laughs> like the economy. <laughs> okay, may, maybe, can, can I get, take all the questions and then deal with them as? Kamala, uh, thank you. I attended your, your session yesterday, and um, I got bruised but also didn't sleep. Now, um, this hill, you're talking about the, uh, the sales, the marketing, and uh, the brand. Yesterday I felt, am I staying in a wrong place? Did I build enough? <laughs> you get the point. But the, my question is, do, we, do you wake up and say, 
me, I'm going to branding. I'm going to take up the hill. In other words, I want to build at the hill or you walk that path from sales to marketing and then to branding. Thank you. Good question. I think let's take those two. Okay, just one more and then you'll take it on. Thank you very much. And Mose, permit me just a few seconds. I've been procrastinating about coming for garage since July, but today, today at about six o'clock, I was debating whether to extend the procrastination. <laughs> and um, a voice talked to me, it sounds cliche, but a voice talked to me and said, maybe there's something very important you're going to get out of this, and indeed it is a real. My question is, uh, it's very, very fundamental to, to be bigger than the thing that you lead because then the momentum builds from there. But we all know, and from my discipline, because I have been in the valley for the last, um, give or take, 18 years in the discipline that I do. My biggest question is, there's a very huge distance between conception of the idea and execution, the gap is huge. How do you be very intentional, very deliberate about closing that gap without creating other gaps in the process? Thank you. Great, so I'll attempt to answer this question. Um, maybe I'll start with um, the one you talked about of moving from, you know, taking those steps from sales to marketing then to branding. Um, I think it, it is right that the only way to climb a hill is to start from the base. You know, like, like, like they say, everything starts from, no, you, you, what's, the, what's the clever thing? I wrote it in my book. You know, you must be, you must be going up, yeah? It's only graves where they start from up going down. <laughs> when you start from up going down, you're digging a grave. When you start from down going up, then you are ascending towards heaven, which is the more, which is the better thing to do. So, so as, as, you, as you build a business, yes, there's going to be an element of selling. What I haven't told you maybe about those stories of uh, Apple, and everyone says that they almost even offloaded some of their businesses for a song. Like someone comes and says, let me give you one million. It looks like a lot of money. And then somehow they stay the course and then it becomes this larger than life thing. So yes, you start from selling, then you go to marketing. Um, you, because it's in the valley that you make the mistakes, that you sample the market, you get to know who, who is your customer, what they like, who is not, what to do, what not to do. Um, like our board keeps saying that you, you both have to find the market in the gap, but also find the gap in the market. So those two happen. Um, in, in the valley, and then as you go up, it gets, it gets easier, and you know who to go with and who to leave behind. But the thing that gets you there is, which I realize that most of us in Uganda or in the African context don't understand this whole thing called value chain. We want to eat industries. So value chain is, do you understand the business you're in and what portion you're extremely good at, which segment, which area, I mean, people come and say, man, you designed so many good things, man. Why don't you buy printing equipment? Do you understand value chain? 
You understand? Just because they have seen this, and you guys should print, and then, you know, you keep all the money in, and that's how people think, and that's what ruins their businesses. I worked for one business. They were doing very great at pre-press, and they lost the, business, the money in printing. Why? Because when you have designed it, and they have misspelled a word, you need to throw away three million worth of books to reprint. Now, if, if you don't have very good indemnity clauses and very high insurance cover, you can't do that. I mean, you'll just mess two jobs and, you know, to err is human. You just mess two jobs and you're out of business. So it's understanding value chain, where you are and where you fit, and becoming the best at that. I was watching a documentary of these guys who produce ball bearings for Rolls-Royce engines that power these jets that we fly on. It's been a family business that has been going for, I think now, four or five generations. Okay? They just do ball bearings. They just do ball bearings. That's all. There's another family. All they do is knives. They, they are not thinking about forks. They're not thinking, you know, for us we do knives. So when you understand that value chain, you can quickly get to the top. The problem, because you're trying to sell, the iterations of your product increase. Okay, because the guys you're trying to appeal to are as vast as the, 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 the demands that they have. Okay, so you bring a shirt in blue, they want it in yellow, the other one wants it in pink. But if you say we are targeting men who love blue and you're only doing blue shirts, you start to brand. You get there first, it's value chain. Okay? Um, growing your personal brand. I think for me, um, like I said, it's... The business that you run is a platform, okay? The brand that you are is what you need to work on. Like I said, the leader that you are, you need to work on that. The business is a platform to, for you to apply what you're learning to the business, okay? So you, you grow yourself, and whatever you apply yourself to will grow. So that whole brand, that's why I keep saying that the future of branding is personal. Any business that is going to rise to an, any level the leaders of that business must be intentionally growing their own personal brands. That's, that's the thing. So, yeah, when people come to us, like I said, it's largely theology. People come to us to paint the picture and create a visual representation of the hard work. It's like a duck or goose swimming on a pool. You see a steady thing up there, but you look under the water and see what is happening. So you, the person who comes to me to brand, needs to be paddling under the water, and all I am doing is pointing to the calmest duck. You see what I mean? Yeah. So that is basically it. It's, it's really the theology on which I found it. Uh, the last question, I think, was, uh, I don't know if I hinted on it, how you can get out of, of the valley, right? How? Create, avoid creating gaps. Yes. So it's, yeah. It's, again, I think it's still value chain. There is a book called The 22, uh, are they called irretractable or something? But it's almost like irrefutable laws of brand. They talk about the law of contraction. So when you, when you start a business, again, you need to contract it and focus on small, on few things, even when you have multiple uh, business units. So like Coca-Cola has a flagship product, Okay. So they'll produce uh, Fanta and all these other products and whatever and all these things too. But then they have a flagship product. So you, 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 have, you need to have an anchor product. 
yeah, because when you keep dump, jumping from one to another, then you have the ability to create gaps. So you get an anchor product, and then you begin to append the successes of that anchor product onto the other strategic business model or units that you want to run. Yeah. I think that's what can kill the, the gaps. I don't know, maybe we'll have another conversation to see how to do with it. So thank you very much. Come on. Now, bring someone to Business Garage. You, you guys, you want to succeed alone, eh? No, you don't. We need to succeed together. Bring someone to Business Garage. We are going to continue investigating those seven strategies that take you from production to multiplication for the coming many weeks. So we are going, there was a question about, okay, personal growth of the leader, how does that happen? I think you want answers to that. How do I actually start growing as a leader if it all depends on my growth? So we need to answer those questions. You know, uh, brand, the branding question, the how of it. So that's what we are going to be continuing to do. Is this beneficial? Are you finding good value in this? Great. Thanks so much for coming. Actually, as we close, as Kamara was speaking, I was thinking about Brand Jesus. One of the longest, longest lasting brands that only keep growing. It doesn't matter how much chaos people bring to that brand. Yes. <laughs> yeah, some use candles, others run with their chairs up, others extort money from people, others serve the poor. It's like extremes, but the brand is strong. Because they are not in sales <laughs> there is information, informs the theology. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, it doesn't matter which way you swing brand Jesus. At the end of the day, there is something called the Bible, which we go back to and say, are these guys too far from it? Or are we, uh, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, and maybe you're here and you have never even encountered that brand. You should. You should. Yeah. What does it benefit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? The answer is nothing. So I highly recommend to you Brand Jesus. Those watching us online, I highly recommend to you Brand Jesus. Always accessible, powerful. And man, that brand has changed my life forever. Amen. Amen. Let's stand up and take someone's hand and just bless them, speak some life-giving words. Yes. Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.